Hello, and welcome to my podcast called What's the Cheese Made with Jacqueline Aquino. And today we will be talking about myself. This is going to be an introduction to my life. There will be no holdbacks. I will say everything that I want to say. I will cuss and say nasty things. I apologize for the accent. So, hello, you guys. You could call me Jackie. Jackalack, Jack Black, Jacksimus, uh, Jack Jack, whatever you want. Uh, whether you are listening in the car, these are in your headphones. Wow, thank you for listening to my boys. So I'm 29 years old. I am 5'2". I am roughly 108-ish pounds. And yeah, I am a Filipino gal with a little bit of Chinese inside of me. And... I'm kind of spunky. I'm a hairstylist. I am not a motherfucking nurse. I did not want to be a motherfucking nurse because all of the Asians in the world are nurses and it's what's expected of me. And in my nature, I do not like to follow the fucking rules. But do not get it twisted. If you are a nurse and or doctor, thank you so much for doing what you do because I can't do it. We need people to save people out there. Y'all are heroes. Thank you because 2020 and 2021 been cray cray. Um, we never expected that, you know, someone eating a bat would cause all this. So, hi guys. I hope you guys are doing okay because it's been quite some time, right? Um, what does it feel like to hug a stranger? What does it feel like to make out with someone, a stranger? What does it feel like, you know to do the nasty with a stranger, we don't know anymore because we're fucking scared that we're all going to turn into zombies or die from this fucking pandemic. Wear your masks. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Anyways, yes, so I am originally from Diamond Bar, California. I, if you guys don't know where that is, that's in LA County. And I moved to San Diego when I was around nine-ish, ten-ish years old. Um, because my mom ended up separating from my father and meeting a new guy who was from San Diego. And yeah, so my dad is a mailman, typical Filipino. My mom is a nurse, typical Filipino, right? And, you know, I guess their, their relationship didn't really work out. Um, just because I guess my mom, you know, she wanted to find someone that was more equal to her financially. And I'm pretty sure they fell out of love. And yeah, they fought a lot, you guys. Uh, typical fighting. And me and my sister would always look at each other and say, you know, um, one day it's just going to be me and you and we're going to be okay. And we would always say that in the treehouse that was in our backyard and we would like cry and like hug each other and it was like really cute because it was like a pact and all that. So my sister is about five years older than me. She is a nurse. Um, she's amazing. And yeah, you know, we grew up moving from Diamond Bar to San Diego, back and forth, back and forth, never really stayed at a school for more than, I don't know, half a year um it was really shitty and I have maybe like a shit ton of PE shorts 
anytime I go to LA or San Diego and I see someone my age, I look at them, I'm like, holy fuck, that person looks so familiar. I'm having deja vu. And sometimes people will come up to me and be like, Jackie. And I'm like, hey, don't know your name, but hi. And it's cool, but it sucks. And it was not cool growing up because being the new girl at school sucks. All you military brats understand that. Like, you got to choose people to eat with. Like, you got to find a place you belong, whether it be elementary, middle, or high school. Those were some crazy times, especially if you had braces, glasses, and headgear, including myself. That was me. If you guys know me already, I did have that. I looked crazy. I was not cute. Um, I played with blow pens. I was a weirdo. So, yeah, my mom ended up cheating on my dad when I was like 9, 10-ish. And so she met this guy at her work. And I remember one day she was like, we're going to go eat at the Red Lobster with my friend. So me and my sister, um, 10, 15, I was 10, she was 15. We didn't really think anything of it. We're like, all right, let's go eat. So we ended up eating. It was me, my mom, the guy. We're just going to call him Stepdad and his two kids, right? And it was really awkward because, like, his wife was there too. And we were just sitting there and my sister was like, "Uh, this is weird. And I was like, whatever, let's just get in on our freaking Red Lobster. Let's eat this shit. Or no, it was Claim Jumper. And... After we finished eating, um, my mom was driving us home and she was like, do not tell your dad. And we're like, what? And I didn't think anything of it. I was fucking 10 years old, making bracelets, playing with blow pens on my razor scooter, you know, like killing it, y'all. And my sister was like, don't tell dad what? She said, don't tell dad that we had lunch or whatever with that guy. And so directly after that moment, my mom started coming home later than usual and my dad would question her and me and my sister would wake up like he would be like where have you been and she'd be like I was at work don't ask la 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 um and my dad would wait up every night for my mom and they would fight like motherfuckers which in turn would be me and my sister looking at each other like one day we're gonna escape all of this this is not gonna happen anymore and so you guys tell me I'm wrong when I say this that how you grow up is kind of how you turn out when you get older, but it is not an excuse to how you are. You could always change how you are, you know? Um, anyways, so uh, my dad ended up fighting, finding out that my mom was cheating on him and caused a whole ruckus, a fucking shit show, and uh, my mom was telling my dad, you have seven days to leave this house. And my dad was like screaming. He's like, why would you do this? You're insane, blah, blah. So of course, me and my sister from where we stood, right? We're like, fuck this. Like, I can't believe this is happening. We have a broken family, blah, blah, blah. And um, my dad, who had work every morning at like five o'clock in the morning, uh, he would wake up. And that whole week, I remember I was like, I'm going to sleep next to you, dad. I'm going to miss you. He's like, okay, no worries, right? So he would pick me up and I would pretend that I was sleeping, but I would always wake up, right? And he would walk to my mom's room because they would sleep separately. 
and my mom probably had just got off her night shift or something like that and you know she would always sleep with her pinching her nose um, because she always wanted her nose to be pointy it's just some Filipino shit and <laughs> my dad would put me down next to her so my mom's back would be facing me and my dad would kneel really close to my mom fold his hands together and he would start praying in like this really low voice kind of soft so he wouldn't wake up me he wouldn't wake me up right and he would say um, please god don't break my family up please god let her realize that this is the wrong choice we need to stay together for the family and I would just see him sobbing and crying and my mom would just like say in an angry voice, leave me alone, stop, like, I'm not going to change my decision, leave me alone, like, get out, right? Seven days, every single day he would do that. On the very last day, I remember, like, he even had a hard time packing his stuff, of course. Um, my mom ended up just throwing his clothes at him, and he would be, he was standing in the garage, and he said in, like, Tagalog, Filipino, right, he was like, why why are you doing this look at you like stop it and me and my sister were standing right behind my mom she's like leave leave and he left he ended up um staying with my uncle for a while and trying to figure that out um but during all this time you know my mom was flourishing she was turning into a different version of herself like so imagine you know, being the one providing for the whole family, basically, because a mailman doesn't make as much as a nurse, you guys. Think about it, right? Uh, she was with now somebody that made just as much as her, if not more, you know, another nurse. And, you know, they would go on trips together to Hawaii, uh, cruises, and, you know, me and my sister would be left alone. And my mom would leave us with some money and, you know, his kids would be with us too, and yeah, it was really weird. Um, I also remember like our transition from Diamond Bar to San Diego. Um, I would always fucking rebel. I did weird shit all the time. I would answer back. I would nick his razors that he used to shave his face. I would put like a Lysol in his hair oil because it was the same color. I would bleach his suits and I just, I fucking despise this guy, you know? Some guy that broke my family. And uh, I remember my mom asked me, she was like, do you want to live with me or your dad? And it had been after she picked me up from school one day. 10-ish years old and I was like I don't know I think I'd want to live with dad and she goes why would you want to live with him you're not going to make a life for yourself with him he can't provide for you like I can and I was like I don't know like I'm just fucking done like I'm pissed off and you know 10 years old you think you know everything and you already like know how to give attitude and shit so me and my mom were walking around at the Brea Mall uh this is somewhere in LA right and we see a pet store. And when I was a little girl, I used to have this like uh, stuffed, like battery powered 
white fluffy dog and when you press the on button it would walk towards you it would flip and then start barking and I would always put like water on the plastic nose and cover like a bunch of the laundry on top and tell my mom oh my god look there's a dog like at the age of five and my mom would be like you will never have a dog and I would just beg her all the time so my mom's like look look at the pet store and you know 10-ish years old I look at her and she goes, you want to pet it? And I'm like, uh, no, I want to go. I don't want to be here. I hate you. We ended up going in the store. And within like two minutes, my mom fucking slid her credit card, paid for this dog that literally looked just like my fucking dream dog when I was a little girl, like the toy that I had. And uh, we got in the car and she said, are you ready to go to San Diego? And I looked at her and I was like, what? And she goes, do you want the dog? And I was like, yes. And there was like literally a -A Build-A-Bear looking box like on the bottom of the foot of the car. And this white, cute, fluffy dog the size of my hand was like, "Mm -mm." and I looked at my mom and I was like, uh... I don't know. And she goes, if you do not live with me, you do not get the dog. And I was like, uh. And then, yeah, of course, I ended up choosing the dog, you guys. My fucking, like, my dream dog, okay? So, end up moving to San Diego. And, yeah. um, Mom was super happy. My dad ended up still living somewhere in L.A. I would get kicked out constantly and end up staying with my dad. Um, for months at a time and then sometimes ended up going back to school in LA County because I was being such a bad kid right Um, just because I was pissed wouldn't you guys be pissed at like 9 10 years old you see like your family break up and there's this new man that thinks he's a hot shot asking him to call you daddy and shit Uh, no or call him daddy fuck that guy so anyways um I would go back and forth, back and forth, Diamond Bar, San Diego. Um, And what ended like that part of our lives was uh, actually because our stepdad was a horrible man. Like in the beginning, me and my sister were like, oh, mom's so happy because he's rich and, you know, he gets to take care of her. And she was never taken care of like that when she was with our dad. And, you know, she's just going on all these trips and like leaving us at home. And we found out like the hard way he was an alcoholic and he was super crazy because I guess he had like PTSD from like wars that he's been in before. He would clean his rifle in front of us. Uh, He would try to like go into our rooms when we weren't decent. He was just a fucking fuck. And it was so crazy because Me and my sister never understood why my mom couldn't see it. And like, you know, now that I'm older, (laughs) love is blind, y'all. When you are in love, you have tunnel vision. You don't know anything else but that one person. And you just want to gravitate towards them, towards everything, dude. Like, so yeah, now that I'm older, I understand why my mom was so infatuated by him. Um even though he was a fucking fuck, okay? So, um, this must have been when I was, I think, 8th grade? 7th or 8th grade. Uh, we were living in Chula Vista at the time, five, six-bedroom house, beautiful home. 
and uh, I would walk home from school and um, I had like one of my friends and we would like separate at this little corner because she lived down the street from me and I remember like she was like oh my god there's like a bunch of police cars around your house and I was like what and I looked over and what are you at eighth grade like 13 years old right so oh my foot's asleep I walked over and I see that my front door is open and you know I have my like Jansport backpack on I'm walking to the front and my stepdad is sitting in the corner and his head is bleeding and he's staring at me like pissed off right and I look at him I'm like where the fuck is my mom right and he's like ha 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 your mommy is not here and I'm like where the fuck is she and my sister is like blowing up my phone I open up my flip phone and I'm like hello and she goes you need to just stay where you are go upstairs into your room and start packing your clothes and I was like what the fuck is going on she's like I'm gonna come get you do not open the door uh be careful and I'm like okay so I go upstairs I start packing my clothes and I'm tripping I don't know what the fuck's going on my mom's not home there was like broken glass downstairs there's police like what the fuck So my sister ends up picking me up and it looks like she had been crying. Um, I get in her Corolla and she says, mom's in jail. And I was like, what the fuck? And she goes, yeah. So uh, I'm told not to ask any questions now. And, you know, uh, we end up driving to the women's correctional facility the next day. And... Uh, We're with my aunt and she's signing papers and we see like this big metal door and this metal door opens and I see my mom like holding onto her knees, leaning on the, the wall and I get a glimpse of her and from what I've been used to seeing her like happy, like in all her like grace of happiness with this guy this like weak woman right and I see her stare at me and she's her face is swollen she's bruised up uh she ends up getting up and you know we get her out of jail or the hold or whatever and her jaw is dislocated she has a few broken ribs um bunch of cut scrapes bruises everywhere so If you can guess what happened, that happened. And the reason why my mom went to jail instead of him is because they saw him bleeding and they didn't see anything on my mom and she ended up going to jail. So if you can guess what happens next, we ended up moving back to Diamond Bar. And uh, we ended up moving back with my mom's older sister. (sighs) Excuse me. And it was a weird time because then that was the time that my mom had to you know like pick herself up back again make herself into like the bad bitch that she was she was getting it you know like we lived in like this beautiful ass house so end up coming back to San Diego um and you know my mom ends up going back to him (laughs) it was really crazy um Yeah, it took her a bunch of trial and error to finally notice that he wasn't the one. And, you know, now that we're older and I've, you know, talked to my sister about it and my mom about it, you know, it scarred us all differently. And 
you know, our parents aren't perfect, you guys. Like, I think we all have this, like, ideal way that we should have our families and our friendships and shit. And it's not like that. It's, it's not like what you see on TV. It, it's not. And so we just end up comparing everything and it shouldn't be the excuse of why you're so sad now and why you're like this now because happiness is always a, ch- a choice. You always have a choice to be happy, you guys. And um, I don't know. To fast forward from that, that was my first example of holy fuck. That's some real shit, right? So my first example of love, my mom and my dad, and then my mom with my stepdad. So yeah, my mom is now with this new guy. Um, Treats her like a fucking queen. She's cool, they cool, and it's just different. Um, It was just quite an experience, y'all. But anyways, now to go on from there, I would like to share my uh, my first love. My first love was during high school. And I met him because he ended up being my neighbor three houses away from me. And just to let you guys know, I've only been in two real relationships. Um, and it's so crazy because... A lot of people in high school used to talk a lot of shit about me and they would say that I was like a whore, but I've only had like one boyfriend throughout high school and then one other boyfriend for like nine years. <laughs> a lot of people talk a lot of shit, so fuck y'all. Anyways, um, yeah, he was my neighbor and he was the only other Filipino guy that lived on our street because we lived at Valley Center at the time and Valley Center is past Escondido, which is in the mountains, basically um, north San Diego. And uh, he ended up coming to my house because his parents met my parents. Filipinos connect themselves all the time. And I remember he was wearing like a baby blue AAA tee with a white tee underneath an XXL with like the baggiest jeans you could ever imagine and brown Timberlands. And I remember my mom was like, oh, like our neighbor's coming upstairs to introduce himself. And I was like, ugh. And I was 14. And he comes upstairs and I look over and (laughs) I was in awe. I was like, holy fuck, my neighbor's fucking hot. And it's so crazy that I used to think he was hot because I don't think he's hot anymore. We're just going to call this guy boyfriend number one. I have no beef with this guy, by the way, you guys. Like, to this day, I wish him well. La, la, la. Um, Anyways, he was my first everything, obviously. Went out with him all throughout high school. And he ended up cheating on me for his best friend. And they ended up going out shortly after. And so we broke up after high school and at 18. What happens when you're 18, you guys? You end up going to 18 and up clubs. Being a ratchet ass motherfucking bitch. So at 18, my hair was long. I would wear like black eyeshadow, smoky eye with like that nude ass lip, hella highlight. 
I had long, dark hair, and I would wear the shortest dresses with, like, knee-thigh-high boots, dude. Body rolling on whomever the fuck I wanted to. Getting it to E40. Ghost Ride the Whip. Yin-Yang Twins. Ludacris. Genuine. Trey songs. Oh, my God. Like, we had the music back then. You know, snapping my fingers, sticking my tongue out, sweating. Anyways, I would always go to this 18 and up club called On Broadway. And I remember uh, I saw one of my friends uh, from one of the schools I went to. And he's standing there, hands in his pockets. He's like, hey, dude. And I was like, what's up, man? And he goes, you see that guy over there? And I see this bald guy in this white button up, maybe like three buttons down, like no T underneath, right? A lot of guys from San Diego don't do that. And uh, he has like gauges, I think. And he has a dimple. And so did my ex-boyfriend. Dimples are my weakness, fuck. And he goes, he wants to dance with you. And I was like, "Mm, he's not my type. I don't know. And he's like, come on, dude. I'm like, eh. So I was just dancing by myself with my friends. And I was getting it. And I was getting it. And I remember he stands behind me. And he's like, getting it behind me. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. This guy knows how to dance. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it. So... Those people that take pictures of, you know, the club and the club times and people getting it took a picture of me and this guy, right? And (laughs) what ended up happening is the very next day, my ex-boyfriend sees it on the fucking club Facebook or whatever, like the page for Facebook, and is like, oh, were you dancing with so-and-so? And I was like, yeah and he goes why were you dancing with him and I was like because I wanted to and he's like oh he's like don't go for him Jackie he's a player and I was like ugh. so of course because my ass was like oh he's a bad boy I want him I need him I love him Uh, I ended up going out with him but it wasn't like that easy he actually ended up like coming to my job like every day asking for me to be his girl taking me to parties and shit like literally showing up in the middle of the aisle because I used to work at CVS and he would just show up in the magazine aisle and be like oh hey like fancy to see you here and I'd be like what the fuck you don't even live here you live in Chula Vista and at the time I worked in like uh, Rancho Bernardo area or whatever which is up north and he was just so consistent And uh, he would literally pick me up in his Camry. Windows would be down. He'd be smoking his cool menthol cigarettes that I, like, gave to him for free because I would steal shit from CVS, whatever. I said it. I stole shit from CVS. Ooh. Anyways, (laughs) yeah, he would play Trey songs. And uh, I was just so infatuated with him. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, ended up going out with this guy for nine years, on and off for nine years. I was so in love with him. So uh, I've been single for almost three years now. Also, this guy got no beef, no hate. Hope all is well with him. Um, But nine years was pretty much all of my 20s. So being single is fucking crazy. Like... I don't know if you girls can relate, like, holy fuck, like, or you guys can relate, like, 
Jesus Christ, if you're in a relationship for a long time, being single is like, wait, I'm allowed to do this? What? It's also very peaceful and it's also a lot of learning. Um, the way guys are now is insane. So like, ooh, it's going to take some kind of guy to like sweep me off my feet again. But yeah, so two real relationships in my whole life and both had my heart broken by. Um, the nine-year one, it didn't work out for several reasons. I was also cheated on by him, um, but it just didn't work out. We didn't have any trust with each other. Um, just always fighting. Uh, yeah. So anytime anybody always asks me, how did I do it? Like, how did I get over it? I would say this about anyone who, like, lets go of anybody they were truly in love with. I don't personally think that you're just like, oh, fuck them. Like, I'm over them forever, yada, da. I just feel like you just know that that's not it. And you have to move forward from that because you can't let one person define anything about you. So I'm waiting for the one by the Matrix, you guys. But yeah, that's a little bit about me. And I just really wanted to make this podcast because everybody in the fucking world ends up telling me all their shit. So let us move on onto a really interesting story. So I guess I'm gonna end this podcast with one of my most favorite stories. So this story is about a friend who went to San Diego State and she told me that, you know, she was going to a lot of sorority fraternity parties and there's one girl that she always used to party with. Like this girl, she said it was like her party animal friend. They would get it. They'd like hook up with guys, yada, da. And I was eating with my friend at a restaurant <clears throat> and she looks at me and she goes, you're never going to believe this story. And I'm like, all right, fucking hit me. So she goes, I see my friend, the one that I told you that I party with all the time. And I was like, okay. And she goes, I haven't seen her in so long, dude. And I was like, okay. And she goes, uh, I walk over to her at a party and she, you know, she has her hand over her face and like there's a bandage on her right cheek, right? And I was like, what? And she go, like goes over and she's like, hey, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? I haven't seen you in a long time. And the girl, like, she's so sad. She's holding her cheek. She goes, you're never going to believe what happened to me. And she goes, well, fucking tell me. So she kind of lifts up the fucking bandage. And you see, like, the muscle and tissue, it, like, of her cheek. Like, it's kind of hollow, okay? And she goes, what the fuck? What's on your face? So automatically, you guys are thinking, eee, this girl got some disease, right? So here we go. <laughs> Supposedly, the girl that parties a lot was fucking this guy, right? That she met off Tinder, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they hit it off. And she fucked him a couple times. And the next days that, you know, afterwards, what ended up happening is her face started to itch. And her face started to itch so much that her skin started to come off. And it started to eat away at itself on her cheek, right? So what the fuck is that you're thinking, right? She goes to the doctor 
And the doctor goes, I'm going to run a bunch of tests. But is there anything that you've done recently that's out of the ordinary? Like, is there anything you're eating? Is there anything this, this, and this? And she goes, no. And then he goes, have you had any new sexual partners? And she goes, yeah, I just started fucking this guy, but I only fucked him a couple times. And the doctor goes, let me, give me his address. Like, I need to know where he lives. And she goes, why? And he goes, just give it to me. So ends up going to the guy's house. Uh, The police end up arresting him because this guy was a murderer. What he would do is go on Tinder, uh, you know, try to get with these girls. And if they didn't want to fuck him, he would kill them. And he would put them underneath his floorboard. And he would fuck the dead bodies whenever he fucking felt like it. So, yeah, what ended up happening is that girl who likes to party all the time had a skin-eating disease eating away at her motherfucking cheek. So, you do not have to believe this story. But the person who told me the story was like, you have to believe me. And I've actually shared this story with a bunch of my clients And one girl was like, oh, my God, I remember that fucking story. So that's just a little snippet, y'all. That's just a snippety snippet. But thank you for listening to What's the Cheese Man with Jacqueline Aquino. And that's all. Goodbye.